Good. G'day, what's up? It's Aiden Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 28th of September, 2021. How are you guys doing? You good? You okay? Everything okay? You feeling all right? I feel like I'm talking to someone who hurt their knee. You feeling all right? I would. Ne- There's no way if someone hurt their knee and I was giving them sympathy that I would be able to be as genuine and sincere as that. You all right? I'd be... <laughs> No way. I'd be like, you're right, dick mouth. <laughs> you little knee okay? <laughs> there is no way that I'm offering someone as genuine a level of sympathy as, are you all right, man? <laughs> hey, man, are you, are you all right? <laughs> oh, God. Even just doing it like that feels disgusting. But are you, though? Tell me, right fucking now, you tell me if you're right. And if you're not, you get one chance to say. (laughs) Imagine having that person as a friend. Look, man, I'm going to ask you one time if you're right. And if you say yes, you are never, (laughs) you're never allowed to come to me for emotional support ever. Three, two, one. All right, that's it. Cool, you're done. <laughs> I gave you the opportunity. All right, I'll stop yelling. Um, <laughs> I hope you guys are doing good. I hope you had a good week, having a good week, had a good weekend. Whenever you listen to this, in the past, the present, indeed in the future, I hope that that time for you is, is okay. I'm doing great. I'm coming to you live, 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 live from a new, 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 new house, 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 house in Coburg, Oberg, Oberg. <laughs> oh my God. Can you hear the difference? I wonder if the room is like acoustically different. I got, I don't have carpet on the floor anymore. Up it, up it, up it, up it. On the floor, 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 floor. Any more, more, more. It's different, 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 different. <laughs> it is, man. It's so different. The walls are... I mean, look, they're still like that MDF shit, but they're thicker. Um, It's just, it's a bigger room. Oh my God, it's so bigger. I moved house. That's what I want to talk about this week, actually, is I I moved house. So here's my thoughts on structurally. Before we get started, let's, a little structural note on the podcast. Before that, though, I'm going to have the first sip of tea in the first podcast at the new house. Oh, and the sip was good. And so the Lord did saith unto his people, the sip was good. Oh my God, new leaf on my ficus. Anyway, <laughs> pay attention, steady the course. Um, So the, like this, I guess this new kind of format that I'm trying out for the podcast where I have topics each week and, and talk about things and try and, you know, stay focused started about a month or so ago when I celebrated my 10-year anniversary of doing my first stand-up gig and I was talking about stand-up and uh, that was quite a big life event and so I reflected on things related to that event in my, on my, in my life and this week I've had another big life event so I feel that a good thing to do would be to reflect on similar things that have happened in my life around that theme and the big life event was I moved house from uh, my beloved two-bedroom in Brunswick where I've lived for three and a half years, man. 
and uh, up to a new place, a four-bedroom share house with three wonderful people in Coburg. And uh, I, uh, you know what? I've actually realized this about myself is I, uh, I decided pretty quickly. I was thinking on it for a, a, a long while. Like I was talking about moving for a few months and uh, I was kind of putting it off and putting it off. I was thinking I was going to do it uh, when lockdown ended. But lockdown just kept getting extended and I just was reaching this point where I was like, you know what, man, like this whole deferring COVID, if COVID has taught me one thing, it's that you can't wait for things to change and conditions to be favorable before you make decisions in your life. Because this is life, you know, if you've got good reasons for putting things off or waiting or whatever, that's fine. But if you just like, I, I kind of kept saying to myself, oh, I'll move once lockdown ends. And then I was like, why am I waiting until lockdown ends? It's because I'm just scared to take the decision now. But is it actually going to be any different if I move now or when lockdown ends? The only difference would be that if lockdown ends and it's really close to Christmas, I won't have that long to settle in and then it'll be Christmas and then I'll be going to Perth and it'll actually be worse if I put it off longer. Whereas if I move now, I've got three months of just complete settling into the new place. I'll be in lockdown, so I'll have time to work on the place. I won't be doing comedy all the time. It's actually better if I move earlier. So I, I, And I just I decided to stop deferring this huge decision in my life and deferring it until like some, you know, fairly inconsequential external force like gave me the get the, the go ahead you know like it's all well and good to go okay I'm gonna do this when that happens but COVID is something that takes so much control away from us in our lives you know we have so little control over anything that happens because you can't travel half of the things are closed you know I can't do stand up everyone's work has been affected in some way and uh I guess it's what I'm trying to say is it's so easy to just see, to like throw your hands up in the air and go, well, I can't control anything. It's all fucked and I'm fucked and I'm just going to be sad and angry. Um, And I did that for a long time. I think I was doing that for a long time. And now what I'm trying to do is just go like, you know what? I'm not waiting until this COVID situation or whatever it is subsides so that I can get back to my life. I think that's a really negative mindset to be in. Like I'm going to wait until, you know, I'm allowed to get back to my life. It's like, what's the difference in, in waiting for something that's not a person versus going, oh, I'm just going to wait until the Melbourne Comedy Festival like give me a huge room and, and everyone says that my show is the best. What I'm just going to wait until I just, you know, until someone just offers me a great job out of the blue or I'm just going to wait until the person, the love of my life just walks up to me in the street and says hello. Like just waiting for things to come. Sometimes great things come but you can't count on it. And... I feel like a much more useful place for me to be in is just to go, you know what? Yes, COVID's happening right now and it sucks and there are things that are out of my control, but there are some things that are still in my control and I can always, if I want, choose to move to a new place. So that's what I've done. I stopped waiting for the thing to happen and uh, I decided pretty quickly, this is what I learned about myself is, um, hold up. I learned that I... um, Maybe I'm a little bit sudden. I don't like warning people. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I don't like bringing people in on the decision-making process. <laughs> because uh, I guess I'm scared that they'll make a decision before me and then it won't be in my control. But that, I think, is something that I need to work on or that I would like to work on. I don't need to do anything. I'm not going to put that pressure on myself. <laughs> God, it must be hard work listening to me <laughs> try and fucking change the way I speak and reflect on it whatever. Anyway, um, I've learned that I, uh, when I make a decision, I often will think about it for a long time and not let anyone else around me in on the decision-making process until I've made the decision and then I just announce that to everyone and um, that can maybe be detrimental because sometimes people around me who care about me have good inputs to decisions that affect them as well as me. Or maybe they deserve to have some sort of input if the decision affects them, you know, whatever. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I've moved. And one thing that does feel different about this move compared to other moves that I've had is, um, is the level of like intention, intentionality. Is that a word? Fuck. I'm getting more new agey by the second man. Intentionality. Sirspersonacity. <laughs> Sirspersonacity, he reckons. What's that? That sounds like some sort of fizzy drink. Um, it's like of or pertaining to the qualities of a, of a, a like a, you know, like a pink fizz. Sounds like sarsaparilla. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. <laughs> so just fucking, you know, imagine that and then think of what the word sarsaparillacity would mean when applied to sarsaparilla and you just enjoy that for yourself um, because I can't think of anything funny about it. God, why am I getting stop being aggressive, Aiden? Work on yourself. So I've moved house. <laughs> And it feels if this is the the most intentional that I've ever been. I think when moving house, like I, I noticed that I'd kind of allowed myself to drift a little bit in my living situation, um, and uh, I guess I just I think for a while there I wanted to live alone, but I couldn't afford to live alone, so instead I lived with you know one other person. But that's not living alone. And uh, I actually, I don't want to live alone anymore. I, I thought I did for a while and now I don't. I want to live with people. Um, but I just, like all the living situations I've ever been in, I've kind of fallen into. You know, the first one, I was born. So I kind of fell into that. Um, <laughs> that's a pretty good joke, isn't it? Um, so you can see, you know, I was born and then someone just, you know, took me to a house. So right off the bat there, I'm not taking control of my own life and making decisions for myself. That set a negative precedent there. Um, <laughs> how about the personal speaker, the personal speaker, you know, like the motivational speaker who frames childhood as like uh, a weakness. What you need to understand is when you are born, you are not making decisions for yourself. Our parents are our overlords and they need to be fought back against. Join my cult. Give me $300. (sighs) Yeah. My first living situation, that was at home. I lived there until I was... uh, 19 and then uh the first time i moved out, i kind of wanted to just I, I guess i want to talk about the first time i moved out of home because 
every time well, every time I've ever lived out of home, like I moved out of home into this one place when I was 19, then I moved back home for a bit. Then I moved to Melbourne. I guess that was a pretty positive decision. I just kind of upped and left and moved to Melbourne when I was 21. But then like I lived in a hostel because that was all that I could get and afford and whatever. And then after two months, some mates of mine were like, hey, we have a room. So I just moved in there. I didn't look for – I think I went to one – I think I went to one housemate interview actually. I I remember it so clearly. I reckon it was in Fitzroy and I was 21 and I showed up and these people just had such a nice house. I think it was two guys and a girl and they were just very domesticated. They were talking about how they like to drink wine and I reckon because they were like, I'll bring something to drink. I think... I'm remembering this correctly. They said like, I'll bring something to drink. Maybe we'll have a drink together. And I reckon I brought a goon sack. (laughs) And I just remember there was wooden floors and a nice couch and it was nice. And I was sitting on the couch and I, fuck, maybe I even broke something. No, I wouldn't have broken something. Did that? Or maybe they poured me a glass of wine and I was like, fucking yeah, this is a fucking glass, eh? Let's <laughs> just not prepared to be in a place like that. So Aiden, where do you live now? Bro, I live in this fucking hostel. It's pretty sick. Like, it's on King Street. So you fucking, if you ever need googs, like, just walk out the door and, you know, just fucking some cunt buy them off. It's like, it's mad. Do you guys know what googs are? <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, I, 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 uh, the feeling I have, I don't know if any of these things I'm saying are true or actually parts of the memory, but what I do remember of the memory is the feeling, which was very much these people just kind of politely indulging me in my company for, you know, 10 minutes and then like, all right, well, thank you for coming. And, um, I, I did not hear back from them. (sighs) But yeah, so I went. I, I moved into the first place that I got offered straight after that with uh, some dudes that I knew from Adelaide, and then I lived there for like fifteen months, and then in, in Richmond on Baker Street, and then uh, a room was going above a pub, Station Fifty Nine, that I used to do comedy at, and so I just took a room there because I was sick of living with those guys, and moved out, and I fucking moved my stuff down the street with uh, the King, Luca Muller, helped me move. Um, it was like a block and a half away, uh, but I still remember wheeling. What did I have? Maybe my desk. I, ha- I reckon I took the my desk, which was just a desk top. It was like a desk with one foot, and then the other side I propped up with like a big speaker that I had like bought for six dollars from the Salvos like three years before. Um, and I remember wheeling the top of the desk along, like on top of my computer chair and just wheeling that down the street i reckon there's a picture of me somewhere you know what that's going to be the picture for this week's podcast is me in 2013 wheeling a computer chair and a fucking like a desk down the street as i moved house and you would think you do that once and you realize how uncomfortable and shitty it is that's the that's the last time you do that wrong wrong again I did that again with my mum in London in 2015 after I moved out of, I lived in a, again, I went to London, I lived in a, uh, a hostel for two months and then some friends of mine had a room come up and so I moved in there 
and I lived there until the con man who I ended up living with uh, did so many illegal things that the agency kicked everyone out of the house. Um, and then with like a week's notice, I moved into a warehouse that was the like the only place that I could find that wasn't, you know, fucked. Except it was fucked. But no, sorry, not the only place I could find that wasn't fucked. Only place that I could find that would take me. Sorry, let me let me say that again. Um, and that I, you know, had enough money to move into. And uh, I moved in there and my mum was in town. It was January, it must have been January 2016. Yeah. And I, my mum had been like come to the UK to visit me. And on the last night of her trip, I, I got her to help me move. <laughs> And how did we move? We stacked half of my stuff on a skateboard. <laughs> and the other half of it on a fucking wheelie chair. And uh, <laughs> and then me and her wheeled it like a kilometer down the street from Dalston to Stoke Newington to Long Church Street to this fucking warehouse across from Clissold Park. And when we got there... You know, all these hippies were there in low light doing drugs and my mum walked in and was like, okay, Aiden, do you want to come and have dinner with me and uh, not here? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that, that laugh then, I wanted to laugh harder at what I was saying, but actually it was a little bit embarrassing. That's why that laugh didn't come through as hearty as I would have liked. Yeah, I just have fallen into living situations my whole life. When I moved back from the UK... Lived with a mate for two weeks and then uh, was crashing with another mate for a little bit. And after a few weeks, I was like, hey, can I just move in and start paying rent? And they were like, yep. And then the place after that, I moved in like I just fell into the fucking living arrangement. And then the place after that was the last place where I just moved out of. And I found that place and me and a mate moved in there. But then in the three and a half years that I've lived there, it went from the place that I chose to like I kind of wanted to live by myself because my mate moved out, but I didn't want to fucking... I wanted to live by myself, but I didn't have the money, so I just got people in and then kind of resented them in a way for being there. And I just, I don't know, I just don't think it was that healthy. So now I want to live with people, so here we are. But whatever, that's not what I'm trying to talk about. The first place that I lived in was, um, fuck, it's taken me a long time to get to this story. It was in 2010. I think I lived there for four months. I was working as a bartender at Red Square Nightclub in Adelaide on Hindley Street. And the owner's son and his best mate, who both worked there, had, I think, just bought a block of land together and they were trying to subdivide it but they, it takes like a while, like six or nine or 12 or whatever months to get planning permission to do that. So while they were waiting, they um, they just hit up a few of the young kids who worked at the bar and one of them was me and went, do you guys just want to live in this place? We've got this place. We're knocking it down so it doesn't really matter. You can do whatever you want and we'll just take a hundred bucks out of your pay each week and that will be your rent. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I mean, <laughs> you could not have offered me <laughs> like a worse thing, like a thing that I wanted more, but that was 
there was nothing in the world that I wanted more that at the same time was worse for me as a person in my development. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it was good, but I just like, you're telling me that I can go and live in this place and throw shit at the walls and paint the walls and light fires and do anything and all I need to do is let you take a hundred bucks out of my pay each week? Well, brother, count me in. I lived there with uh, this girl who I had a huge crush on and this guy who I kind of liked but also kind of hated um, who also both of those guys worked at the bar. So all three of us worked at the nightclub. And... Um, Fuck, man, I remember when we got there, I remember when we showed up, there was a cat with a litter of newborn kittens in the backyard and I guess one of the kittens like wandered into the house and so we kept it and then all the other ones just kind of disappeared and I remember uh, the girl housemate saying like, you know, if we send it back now, apparently because it's got like human smell on it because it's come and hung out with us, they'll reject it and they'll kill it. So we have to keep it. And I was like, sick, we got a cat. I always wanted a cat. Cats are so cool. They're like fucking sleek and dangerous. In a way, I'm a cat, I reckon, because I'm sleek and dangerous. Not in like a violent kind of way or a problematic way, but I just mean like my jokes are so funny that, you know, if you hear them, you'll probably commit crimes in my honour. <laughs> Man, I saw this comedian the other night and he was so funny. I broke into a Chinese restaurant and stole everything. <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I want you guys to do. And if anyone does it, and this is the cops listening now, I'm joking. I don't want anyone to do that. If you're going to break into a, a restaurant, don't make it a Chinese restaurant. Make it a fucking... Uh, oh, what's the worst kind of <laughs> make it a white power restaurant? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like I've really fucking gotten into a bad, bad territory here. So I'm going to quickly segue back into the house that I was living in. I um lived in the place. We had a cat. It was nice. Um, I lived in the back room that. I don't know, man. Like, I don't even think it was a part of the house. To be, It was like a part of the house, but it definitely wasn't a bedroom. It was just like this extra room. And uh, to walk from the kitchen out to the back door, you were walking through my room. So I just fucking bought... No, I didn't buy it. What am I talking about, bought? No, I think I stole the curtains, maybe from my room at home. I might have just taken the curtains and the rail and then I like put them on top of my fucking wardrobe. So there was just like a curtain from like the wardrobe to the, yeah. I so like one of my doors was just curtains and then the other door was like to go into the living room and um, yeah, that was my fucking room, man. But I got, I wrote like, oh, I wrote, I loved, I wrote fucking lyrics all over the wall, man. I wrote the lyrics to Nas's, uh, the world is yours. I sip from, I sip the Dom P watching Gandhi till I'm charged and writing in my book of rhymes, all the words past the margins to hold the mic. I'm throbbing mechanical movement, understandable, smooth shit. The murderers move with the thief's theme. Play me a night. They weren't act right. The fiend of hip hop has got me stuck like a crack pipe. All right, I'll stop. I wrote those lyrics on the wall. Uh, <laughs> um, 
the mind activation, react like I'm basing time, like Pappy Mason with pens I'm embracing, wipe the sweat off my dome, kick the phlegm on the street, suede Tim's on my feet, make my cipher complete. Ah, wrote them on the wall. Um, I wrote, uh, I wrote, um, there was like the wall from when you walk from the kitchen to the toilet. Uh, there was like a little wall on the right there. And I I, th- I was like, oh, we filled it with stepbrothers quotes. No, I filled it with stepbrothers quotes. <laughs> There's no we <laughs> in this. I think a few other people maybe contributed at, you know, like under extreme duress from me. Hey man, we've got a wall of stepbrothers quotes. Do you want to write one? What one should I write? This is my favorite one. You should write that. <laughs> But we had a wall of quotes from the movie Step Brothers. And we, uh, oh man, like I was talking to my mum about it recently and uh, she reminded me we didn't have hot water for, I don't think any of the time I lived there. I think we did not have hot water for most of the time I lived there. And I remember the girl that I lived with being really just like, this is disgusting. This is just so fucking not cool. This is not like good enough at all. Getting like really up in arms about it. And I remember when she would do that, thinking to myself like, I don't know, it's not that bad, is it? Like, it's fuck, it's all right. I guess I just had like a, maybe like a low idea of what like I was owed or like, you know, like uh, I think I've always had this feeling that like if I'm in a shitty situation living wise, it's like, well, at least no one's going to take this away from me. Like if I if I have a, a good place, it's like I don't deserve this maybe or something. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Some Something about that intellectually maybe feels right, but it doesn't quite sit right. I don't know if that's quite it, but it just feels easier to live in a shit place sometimes because it's like, oh, well, you know, it's shit, but like at least no one else is going to try and take it. It's maybe. No, I don't think that's quite it. Anyway, for some reason back then when we didn't have hot water, I was like, yeah, but you know, whatever. I'm living out of home. <laughs> I remember one time I didn't have any because I had like no money because I was working two shifts a week at that fucking nightclub and spending all my money on booze and drugs. And uh, and there was an IGA down the bottom of the hill on the road that we lived on, like a 10-minute walk away, not very far, maybe 20 not far though. Um, I remember one time me and the chick went to, to IGA and we got a cab there <laughs> to do our shopping. We got a cab there. And I think maybe we even fucking ditched out of the cab. We did. <gasps> oh, we fucking did. We got a cab and then that's right. I, I reckon she like started an argument with the cab driver and then told it and then like fucking like hit him in the head or something. Like pushed his head and just was like, fuck you, mate. You fucking whatever. And was just like, we're not paying. We're leaving. Oh, my God. Wow. I fucking forgot about that. Oh, God. I was such an awful person. I mean, I didn't do that. But, you know, I let it happen. And I just walked away and was like, yeah, you know, sure. <laughs> Yeah, she was very, she was fucking angry, that chick. I think that's why we got along so well. Um, But anyway, that was a thing that we did. I remember one time I ate, um, I ate uh, like toast and we didn't have any butter or any spread. And I guess I just didn't have 
like the knowledge or the wherewithal or whatever it is to just know like I can go and buy spreads if I want. So I ate uh, toast with just garlic paste spread over it. And I was like, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And uh, and so this is, all right. So the other guy who lived there, I didn't really like him that much. But I liked his older brother and his older brother worked at the nightclub as well. And the, young, like, the younger brother, he was like a year older than me and he actually wasn't a bad dude at all. You know, we all had problems. He like, oh, I don't know. I guess he just like had a bit of a temper. I remember one time behind the bar in like the middle of a Saturday night rush when everything's just going on, he fucking grabbed me by the shirt front and like pushed me up against the side of the bar and was just like, you know, angry because I was like, we were working in the same space. We used to work, we used to share like the same till. Um, so we'd always be in each other's space and yeah, he fucking just grabbed me and like held me up against the bar and was like, shut the fuck up. So yeah, pretty angry dude, but I was a fucking asshole as well. And um, I remember one time... I. Oh, this is another thing about the house. I'll I'll tell this story, I promise. But I always have this idea that I wanted to live in a place where I was like surrounded by people, you know? I wanted to live in a place that was like the cool place that people knew about and would come back to and we would like have parties and everyone would want to come and hang out at my house. And um, that was the idea that I, that I had in my head. And then if you just think about that and then listen to all the stories that I've been telling you so far... And isn't it crazy that I was surprised that the house didn't turn into that thing? It's like, how do you think you're going to have parties, but you're eating garlic on toast, you fucking Tarzan cunt? <laughs> um, we had a mate who uh, used to do graph around Adelaide and he used to write Kerm, K-E-R-M was his... That was like what he used to write and he came in and he used to do big pieces and so he came in and did a huge piece in our lounge room with a wooden floor. Um, Yeah, and I remember it was like pink and green and blue. It was across a whole wall and around one of the corners. said Kerm. And he sat there. We sat there like all day and watched him do it. It was sick. Um, And I think that same day we were just like drinking in the house and – one of my mates went up to the guy's ha- the guy housemate who wasn't there and he fucking kicked his door in because he was just like, yeah, I don't like that guy either. He kind of sucks, right? And he fucking kicked his bedroom door off the hinges and it like came off. And then, <laughs> and then like he came home and was just like the guy whose door it was. And he was like, what the fuck? Like you kicked my door off the hinges and it was just like leaning against the wall, like as if he wasn't going to notice. my mate kicked the door off the hinges and we just propped it against the wall like oh yeah you know (laughs) and and it just never got fixed (laughs) and like we lived together after that for some time and you know that guy I mean how would that guy have felt like I didn't like him and I guess he didn't like me it's really sad because after he moved out I remember he said to me, like, you know, man, I don't hate you. I actually really like you. I actually kind of look up to you and really respect you. And uh, I fucking remember that because I think I thought it was so big and cool of him to say that to me, especially after, I mean, I let my mate fucking kick his bedroom door off in the house that he lived in. 
and I never fixed it. I said I was going to fix it and I just never fixed it. I didn't even, I wouldn't have had any idea on how to fix it, but I never tried. I never offered to pay for it or anything like that. I was just like, yeah, fuck him. And then still like somehow looked that guy in the eye. I was like, hey man, and worked with him. How insane is that? That that was just how little regard I had for another person. And, and yeah, when he moved, I remember like the last month or maybe six weeks before he moved out, he just wasn't at the house at all. He was just staying in other places and all this stuff was just in his room in like bags and he and just like, you know, a mattress on the floor, which is like pretty similar situations to what me and the chick had as well. I remember by the end of living there, there was glass everywhere and I had to put my Ugg boots on to walk around the house and go to the toilet because I just would step on glass. Otherwise, it was like smash glass everywhere. When we first moved in, that was the first place I ever did acid in that house. I um, I uh, took acid there with like a few people and uh, oh man, there was a few things. Like first of all, I'd never taken any hallucinogenics before. So I was like, okay, I guess the experience is like I'd heard that it makes you really artistic. And I found some blue tins of paint in the shed, like house paint. So I took them into the house and I had like a toothbrush and I was just like drawing little patterns on the wall, you know, like sitting there wondering if the acid had kicked in yet and just going like, yeah, man, this is fucking, look at me, I'm being all artistic, just like real face, like close to the floor, making little patterns in the thing. And then the girl who I was crazy about, fuck, I had the, I was, I was so crazy about her, man. She was just like wild and, uh, you know, I don't know. She just had fucking great stories. She loved to drink. She loved to do drugs and party. And I just never had the guts to fucking, I never had the guts to just say like, hey man, I like you so much. I didn't know what to do. I wouldn't, I had no idea what I would have done. Like I had no idea that you can ask girls out on, hey, do you want to go on a date with me? Do you want to go get dinner? I didn't know that you could do that. So I was just like always hanging around her just hoping that she would kiss me um and i remember i was like because she had taken acid as well it was me and her and her sister and some of the other guys didn't take acid like the dude that lived there and his brother and they were out the front and uh me and her had been hanging out that afternoon we'd like watched some fucking black books sitting in my bed together and watched black books didn't touch didn't kiss and um I'm in there after we've taken acid and I'm coming up and I'm drawing patterns on the floor in blue paint with a toothbrush and she came in and just ditched the fucking can, like just tipped it over on the floor. So this is blue paint, like thick blue fucking house paint on these wooden floors, just tipped it over, took her shoes off and ran around barefoot in the paint. Just like, la, 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 <laughs> And I remember seeing that and looking at my fucking hand holding this toothbrush and the shitty little patterns I've been drawing on the floor. Like, what am I, what the fuck am I doing trying to be artistic? What is this? Uh, that's not art. That's not freedom. This running around naked in paint, naked, not naked, barefoot in paint, with paint on the floor. That's freedom. And I remember that like we tripped all night and then in the morning I was sitting in uh the middle of the lounge room next to the like the the you know those heaters that you kind of turn it's like in the wall it's like a fireplace but it's like an electric heater thing that you turn and the element goes on i was like sitting on a cushion next to that and the reason i was sitting on the cushion is because all around me was blue paint that was still wet because it was so thick 
And um, I remember having a moment like, you know, at the end of an acid trip, it's pretty intense. And uh, I still, I just wasn't sure. I'd never done it before. So I wasn't sure how long it was going to last or what the effects were. I'd heard that you could like break your brain. And uh, I remember having this moment sitting there by myself on this huge cushion next to the heater with all paint around me. And I was like, all right, I want to try and do something normal now. So I was like, pulled out a book and I'm like trying to read this book and I just couldn't focus enough to read on it. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to read. I've broken my brain. I should never have taken acid. I felt so guilty. I was like, I, I've, that's it. I've done it. I've taken acid. Everyone said you shouldn't do drugs and I did drugs and now I can't read. <laughs> I had this moment. I was just like, I can't read. <laughs> what am I going to tell my mom? <laughs> How am I going to tell my mom that I can't read because I did drugs? <laughs> oh god um in the middle of that acid trip i uh i'd like hung out with that girl for a bit and then she went into her room it was her sister's it was her little sister's birthday it might have even been her little sister's 18th birthday and they went in her room and then me and those other guys were sitting at the front of the house and they were like how's the trip and i was like yeah oh yeah man yeah, pretty good. Oh, I don't know. And that, and and I was just thinking about. Oh God, I just said a name. Wait, what's the time? Timestamp, eleven oh eight. Eleven oh eight. Write that down. Write it down. Don't say her name on the podcast. Don't say her name on the podcast. Don't say her name on the podcast because you don't talk to her anymore, and you are not in each other's lives, and that's not fair to air her private. Things on your podcast, even though you haven't spoken to her in nine years. <laughs> Fuck. Um, yeah, so 1108. All right. Um, I, uh, I was just like thinking about her, thinking about the girl and, and the guys were like, I guess I said her name and they were like, what? what did you say about her? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, do I, maybe I like her. And they were like, do you like her? And I was like, what do I? Like, I was just so, I guess, like just completely in the thralls of this experience. I just couldn't, what is I Like I had no, I, I didn't have the strength to even know what my own thoughts were. You know, I was just like, it turned me into a fucking child. Um, And so I just, you know, I had thoughts, but I was like, couldn't even tell if they were mine or someone else's or what was going on. And I had, I somehow got it into my head that her and I had had sex. Maybe I went into my room and she had left like a bracelet in my bed from when we were watching black books. And, um, and I saw it there and I just, I guess I imbued it with some sort of huge significance because it was like her thing and I was in my bed and I was like, maybe she left it in there on purpose to tell me something. And I had it and I like, I went outside and then, you know, my mates were asking me and I was like, I, I found her like bracelet in my bed and I was like, did we have sex? And they were like, what? Did you guys have sex? And I was like, did we have sex? Thinking that they're telling me that we did. And they were like, I don't know. We don't know, mate. It's like, did you? And I was like, I don't know. Did we? I can't remember. I'm not sure. But maybe this means that we did. 
and I just could not figure it out. I was freaking out and I just wanted it to be true. But I couldn't even admit to myself that I liked her. I was just, I don't know, I was so lost. And I worked myself up into this huge frenzy and these guys were like, so do you like her? Do you not like her or what? Like, did you have sex? What's the bracelet? And I went out to her room where her and her sister were and I like they were just like giggling and laughing and I just opened the door and burst into the room and went, oh, did, did we have sex? And they, you know... Lost their minds laughing. Did we, we, did we have sex? And they just looked at me and were like, <laughs> Oh my God, what are you fucking talking about? Did we? And she was like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay. They were like, what are you, what, what's going on? I was like, I oh, just, you, I thought we did, but we didn't. And that's cool. <laughs> You know, if we had, like, that would have been sick, but we didn't, and that's cool too. So, like, it's all chill. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, that fucking place. I, I must have lived there for only, like, four months. I used to go back to mum and dad's place all the time and, like, steal food out of the fridge, make myself sandwiches. I never gave them back my key. I always still had my key, so... That tells you how committed I was to actually leaving home. I think I just wanted to be somewhere where no one could tell me what time to come home or what to do. I still was at uni while I was there. Kept going to uni. I don't know, man. Look, all I'm trying to say is I moved house and I feel really good about it. And I did it. I didn't fall into it. I, I made an intentional effort to look. I found a place that I liked with people that I, I had got a good vibe from. And it was a kind of, it was as much as I, you know, I made the decision quickly and, and um, maybe rushed it a little bit, like, or at least didn't, wasn't as open as I, as I could have been or like as kind of open about the decision-making process as I could have been with my housemate. Um, and uh, I guess I really tried to downplay how much of a, a big thing it is to move how it is. It's a big thing, you know, where you live is really important. And I think especially the room, especially living in share houses, like your room, like my new room is fucking awesome. I spent two whole days, like I spent the day moving and then the evening setting my room up. And then the next whole day I spent setting it up. I bought a few things. I bought a nice wooden ladder. I bought some new wardrobes and then the wooden ladder to climb up on top of the wardrobe so I can put my plants up there. I, uh, I put like all tacks in the wall so I could put my tapestry up. I got plants around everywhere. I've got my nice throw. I've got my rug. I just, it's all set up, you know? And I, I think the room and the place where you live, if you're in a share house, that really is just the room. And then the common area is like a collaboration between everyone. Or if you live by yourself or with a partner or with your family, it's the whole place. It's a reflection on you. And I don't think you can really look at yourself in the mirror and say that you're in a good place if your room doesn't look good. I think it's a reflection, you know? If your room doesn't look good, go right now. If you're at home or when you get home, go and look at your fucking room, man. Go and walk into your room and see what you feel and actually look around at the stuff that you have there and see how it makes you feel and if it doesn't make you feel good, ask yourself why you're living in a place that doesn't make you feel good because you should be because you deserve to live in a place that makes you feel good. I had a mate a couple of years ago who came around the place 
in Brunswick and uh, we were on a night out and it was late. It was like 1 or 2 a.m. or something and we came home and she just like, she grabbed me. She was like, mate, come in and she sat herself down in the middle of my room and she, she was like, sit down, look around. What do you see? And I had nothing on my walls and I had no decoration or anything. I just had like a bed and, you know, my clothes and everything was kind of put away. I don't even know if anything was put away, but it just, I had nothing. And she was like, what do you see when you look around? She goes, if I lived in this room, I would be depressed. You have such a great life and you're such a fantastic person and you come home every day and, and you come home to this. Look at this. It's shit. It sucks. There's nothing here. And, uh, and she was right. And it was such a huge fucking mental shift for me. And, uh, and I'm in a place now that I fucking love that the room is fantastic and I feel good every time I come in here. And I think everyone deserves to have that. And I hope you do. That's the podcast for this week, I reckon. I hope you guys have enjoyed it, man. If you're listening for the first time, go back and listen to a few more. I reckon the ones from the last month and a half are really good. I think it's some of the best stuff that I've done. If you like those, go back and listen to some more. Um, I cannot guarantee the quality for large portions of the 200 plus episodes of this podcast, but fucking it's a journey. It is a journey. If you've liked it as well, leave us a review on uh, iTunes. If you listen to that, five stars. Don't be a fuckface or be a fuckface. I don't know, man. It's your life and you live with your decisions. <laughs> um, give us a review. Tell someone that you might that might like it about the podcast. That'd be cool. And other than that, follow the podcast at sitting under podcast. I put um, stuff up there. Oh, also actually, if you've got anything to say about the podcast to me, message me on uh, Instagram at sitting under podcast. Cause sometimes I want to read that stuff. Like sometimes people message me stuff about the podcast and I want to read it out on the podcast, but I forget where you've messaged me. And I just, you know, it's hard to fucking remember cause I'm a fucking pretty cool guy. All right. Um, don't message me on my personal account. My, my account for all of my comedy stuff is Aiden Jones comedy. Follow that as well. But if you've got something to say about the podcast, message me at sitting under podcast on, uh, on Instagram. And that way every week, just before I do the app, I'll go on there, look at the messages and then I'll fucking see what people have said. And if I need to say anything about that, respond to anything or whatever, it'll be there. All right. That's it. That's the pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a fucking awesome week, man. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.